and gentlemen, welcome to the official after show of the movie trivia Schmodown. Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown. My name is Brad Gilbert. You might know me by another name. You might know me as The Boat. For sure. I know you missed it, so I'm going to hit it one more again. Oh, my God. You're my dream boat. For sure. Oh, yes. And guess what? Frank Janish, Jamar Jones said it right. Brad <laughs> Gilmore is back, which means that is our Great Scott moment of the night. Can I get a Great Scott? Great Scott. Oh, yes. The boat is back, and wow. I am joined... By a man, a myth, a legend of sexy. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Sexy. I love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. So I'm feeling sexy. Really good about those. Oh, I'm feeling those numbers. Feeling Put your filthy numbers. hands all over him. Uh. <laughs> man, you've been. How are you feeling, though, Brad? I want to know how you're feeling. You've been away for a bit. You had a. You know, battle some uh, illness. How are you I, feeling? I can tell you how I'm feeling with one sentence. Brad Gilmore and this bitch. Oh, yeah. Look at that. What up, Bun? What up, Bun? What up, That's Bun? That's right. Yeah, man. No, I'm great. I'm great, man. I'm, it's, it's fun to be back. I hate that I missed, like, the, the stuff that I really wanted to talk about. Um, which I mean, is all I, of it. Which is, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> You made it seem I, like... No, 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 yeah, that didn't come out right. But what I'm saying is, like, the Dan Merle, uh, Jeff Snyder match, like, I really wanted to talk about that, and I just didn't feel up to it. You know, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't yeah. feeling it, but it doesn't matter. That's the past. That's the past, and we're focused on the future here, man. We have matches to talk about. The future. <gasps> Wait a minute. Can I share something before can we you? start? I mean, can or I may I? You? Can I may stop I? you? I don't know. Can no, you? you can't, but I, I'm. So, yeah, just, well, then just do it. Okay, I'll just do it. Fine. So you know, I you know, my Back to the Future collection is like it's growing slowly, right? right? It's growing slowly. I don't know if I shared this with you already. I don't think that I did. Did I show you what I got recently to add to the collection? Maybe, but I probably forgot. So, I you know, I've 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 gotten to talk to um, a lot of great people from from Back to the Future. Um, everyone really, except for two people at this point who've been in the movies. That is. Um, course uh michael j fox and then the other one is uh tom wilson i haven't talked to tom wilson yet yet really? oh, yeah i haven't talked to tom wilson yet mm-hmm. so he's next on the list right but i love i in my book i dedicate a whole chapter to biff and how right. great biff tannen was and is and all the different variations of the biff character one of the most memorable aside from you know the biff tannen in the alternate 1985 is the grandson griff in 2015, right? You know, fly! Your right. suicide felt big fly! Ah! And he's got the belt, <laughs> I mean, the, the bat that, like, extends, yeah. and then, you know, he has the 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 the, uh, the hoverboard that's more pit awesome bull. than Marty's, right? Yeah, the pit bull. Yeah. The pit bull. Yeah. Not, Not the mad dog. Not the Mattel. <laughs> Not the Mattel. Okay? But he has a very unique helmet on. Yeah. You got the helmet? Signed by Tom Wilson. Wow, Griff. Now, how cool is that? Now, is that a is that a replica or this is, is that a, like from this, the set? Okay, this is a replica helmet. 
Okay. It is still, a replica helmet, cool. but it's still signed by Tom Wilson, That's aka nice. Griff. So Look this is. This I hope is all the movie. audio listeners can really just visualize. What's oh, that's right. right. People now. listen to the show in audio. <laughs> but you know what? You know what the helmet looks like. Yeah, they know. They know. Okay. That's one hell of a waffle maker, Andy Schick says. Um, that's funny. I get it. But anyway, guys, let's talk about the movie trivia showdown that was this week. It's fun to be back, Frank. But um, now now it feels like when we had the Mara match, the Mara and Chandru match, and the Molly Damon and Laura Kelly match, I felt like we, we, were, we, we stuck our toe in the water, right? Yeah. Like, it was like, okay, it's not really the season yet, but it is the season. So we, we put our, our, our toe in the water. And then we started to really get into the shallow end last week. I mean, we were about three feet into the pool when we had Jeff Snyder, Dan Merle, Marisol McKee with Vinny Mancuso. Now I feel like we've done the cannonball right into the ocean. Like, we're into it now. The season is here. We're going. And the thing that a lot of us missed about last season was um, the there wasn't as many storylines, right? right? I mean, it was mainly match-focused. It was mainly match-focused. And there weren't as many storylines. Um, this time, we are getting them very early on. I mean, whether it's the Andrew Guy situation at the very beginning of the season, right, um, where you saw him say, Ben Bateman, and he's dressed in his action thing. Already, you know, you're, you're wetting the beak slightly, right? The beak is being wet slightly. And then now, my favorite storylines in wrestling, excuse me for rambling. I haven't done this in two weeks. My favorite storylines in wrestling have always been centered around the power struggle, Right, like when Ric Flair came in and bought all the excess stock that Stephanie and and Shane sold when they bought WCW and ECW, and then now Ric Flair is a fifty percent owner of the WWE along with Vince, and there's a power struggle that you know built to a match. We're already seeing a power struggle in the movie trivia showdown, and I know that um, um, this has already been touched on in in some form or fashion, but. I really want to talk a little bit more about Grace, right? Can we yeah. talk about Grace Hancock being back? And um, I love the subtitle you see here, the one where, where Christian gets a boss. Yeah. Nice friends yeah. reference. Yes. I like it. See, see, <laughs> Did we're you here. see my Always Sunny uh, spoof? I got that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was pretty proud of that one, too. That was good. Yeah. That was good, man. You know, you're really you're getting creative. You know, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But how do we inch. feel? How do we feel about Grace Hancock being back? I mean, she left the den or what have you. Um, well, she was booted. Basically. Or booted. Remember, she was booted by, booted this, from by the the, this newfound rebirth of Kate, the manager, Kate, the mouth manager. And, uh, you know, I, I had no idea what that meant for the future of Grace within the Schmodown. Once that happens, sometimes you go, well, because she's not a manager and all the manager slots are taken for the factions. You know, well, where does that leave her? Is she going to go to the desk? Will she go back to doing interviews? I don't know. That seems pretty unlocked at that moment, we thought. You know, and now we see Steph Sabra stepping into some of those spots, which is great, which has been great for the past couple of matches. Absolutely. She's been great. Killing it. Crushing it. And, and so you wonder, where does Grace come in? And we have 
this scene, which originally was aired for the Merle Snyder match, for everyone who saw that, they saw this match, or the scene, essentially, last Friday, and it was aired here before the John Humphrey Saw match for everyone to see uh, publicly. And, you know, it, it's um, Dave Alpert and Robert Kirkman, and they're talking with Harloff. You know, those, these are Skybound guys, and uh, they go, uh, yeah, we're going to help you set some goals, help you achieve more. You've done which, so which, much. <laughs> which in any professional environment, if you've ever heard that from a superior, it's never good. We really <laughs> yeah. want to... We really want to know what your goals are and see if they're aligned with ours. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, you're not doing yeah. your job right. <laughs> so continue. Yeah. So, and then, you know, Christian's like, well, that kind of sounds like I have a boss. And they're like, well, guess what? I'm glad you put it that way because that's exactly what we got you. And they said they had, now the interesting, the wording here was interesting by, I forget who said exactly, but they said they had been working with this group. Now, this didn't dawn on me Friday when we talked about it, when I talked about it with PJ when he was filling in for you. Uh, but I went back and I saw that I've watched the scene now a couple of times now. And he says, this group we've been working with. And and then they bring on Grace is, is, the, is the one that is going to be the quote-unquote boss of Christian. She's uh, I guess essentially the president of the Schmodown. I think that's how, how the titles are working there. But... I go back to that wording of group now. Look, mm. we all know the Shmomenati is out there. It's true. I don't know that Grace is part of the Shmomenati, or she isn't. Mm. I don't know that this is the group that went to these Skybound folks and, and then threw Grace into you know their path, and now here we are. I don't know if that could be a thing, but all I know is right now Grace has an amount of power over Christian, it would seem, and everyone else in the Schmodown, I think, I don't know if that extends to you and I, but uh, who knows at this point how, how vast her powers are. But now Christian seemingly will have to battle Grace for whatever changes she may implement or take away. I don't know. So um, it was very very entertaining in interest in interesting ways brad yeah so a few things on this first off there's always a lot of talk about andrew guy when you talk about some of the best characters mm. in the history of the movie trivia schmodown very rarely is grace's name maybe if ever grace's name brought up but grace on screen yeah she might be number one she really like She's... honestly i mean you I don't mean to interrupt make... you right now, but but I go back. What, what immediately pops into my mind is that that scene a year ago or two years ago between Grace and Roxy. They're in the back of Collider Studio. They're out there, and she's like calling her honey and stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness, um, great stuff. Great, just phenomenal. It's, yeah, I mean, even even the whole like the very like beginning when there was the Emma Fife kind of rivalry, right. Right, going on, and the interviewers, and then you know, getting locking her in the closet, or whatever was going on. I just loved how she pulled all that off in character. And obviously, she's a professional actress. Um, it makes perfect sense that she is great at, at doing something like this. But when she was kind of booted, as you said, from the den, it was kind of like, oh man, you know, I just assumed that she was moving on to something else. Yeah. And I guess that I was right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
I guess that I was right. So Grace Hancock is in charge of Christian Harloff. So first off, you know, Christian should probably pro- you know proofread the contracts. Well, again, contracts, you know. You know, who was his, who was his lawyer back in the day? Was it Paulie G? Yeah. Paulie G? Yeah, I mean, did Paulie look through this effectively? Did he really go go through it? I don't know. Is and, he still employed? Is he still on retainer? I don't know. I, I assume that he was never kicked off retainer because we never saw that. Right? That's true. You know, what's the old rule in like a movie? If you don't see a body, then they didn't really die. If you don't see the death on screen, yeah. If like, you don't see the death on screen, then they're not really dead, right? Okay. Yeah. I think that I think there's a through line here. You okay. See what I'm thinking. So Paulie G obviously fell on hard times, Daddy. And he didn't. And he didn't effectively. That's Dusty Rhodes. Uh, have you never seen the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo? Does it, does it look like I've seen that? <laughs> hard times, Daddy. Hard times <laughs> is what you worked at a job for thirty years. Thirty oh, years, man. and then they kick you in the butt, give you a gold watch, and say, "Sorry, Daddy, a computer took your job." That's hard times. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the classic promos. That's great. But apparently, he fell on hard times, and Paulie G didn't um uh do his job effectively maybe he's you know got a demon in a bottle kind of scenario going on uh obviously comes from a broken home of some sort and he uh didn't fulfill his obligations to christian when proofreading the contract with the skybound merger yeah right that went on and something fell through the cracks and the thing is you gotta you gotta read the contract you gotta read the contract uh, as the duo known as Tag Team, who did the uh, hit song Whoop, There It Is. There it is. Um, they said one time in an interview, or uh, like I went to, not an interview, a seminar that they did one time. I don't know why. But they did like a, like a talk. Mm. And they said, we have one piece of advice for all you aspiring artists. Hire a great lawyer and then hire a better lawyer to watch that lawyer. <laughs> 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 oh man. And that and that's what that's what Christian should have done. So where do you think this goes? What is going to be the quandary that Christian finds himself in with Grace Hancock? Is he gonna try to say make a main event and she says no? Is he going to try to I mean what 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 do you think is going to happen here? I really don't know, uh Brad. I really don't know. I do think that um and this was pointed out I think in the chat uh last Friday about you know what does this mean for possibly Ken? Um, what does oh, that yeah. mean? I mean, you know, I, I, and I had talked about like we had heard that Ken would be back on the desk, and you know, that's that's the the real life type of um, stuff we were hearing, right? But if you're going to incorporate that into some storyline aspect, well, then you can have fun with this part of, of Grace coming in and having some say, and now she's going to. Go to Christian, let's say, and say, um, "Look, put Ken on the desk. All right, put him on the desk. You know." And so you can have fun with it in that in that manner. So, um, as like a show, I really don't know what direction they're going to go uh, with Grace because she she still has some enemies out there. Um, you know, look at her history with Dagnino and how that kind of all blew up. And then mm-hmm. she also has history with corruption. You know, she got booted out of that one with Shannon. So uh, she also has, I would imagine, some beef with Kate after getting booted out of that one. So, uh, you know, and now that she's at the at the top here, 
I wonder if at least those three people, those managers, um, also, also let's not forget Kaiser. He was always petrified mm-hmm. of Grace every single mm-hmm. time he had to be mm-hmm. on screen with her. So I'm sure there's a number of people that once they get word of who's at the top might be shaking in their boots, if you will. I don't know. Uh, shaking, shaking, shaking. Um, with Grace, though, what the thing is, I don't know where it's going to go, and that's probably the best right now. Right. We're intrigued, and we're coming up with all this, all these possibilities. It would be cool if she like plays some sort of, like you know, uh, very controlling. You know, puts people in these ethical dilemmas and quandaries where they have to choose, you know, what they feel is righteous in their heart or go with what the powerful overlord says to her says to them you know what i mean yeah yeah and 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 and, you know and she can kind of connive and manipulate along the way she can kind of be like the scarlet witch Mm. you know what i mean sure manipulate everybody to live in her world except do it like with an evil axe to grind whereas right right right, right. yeah yeah and i only i mean i don't know that there's any manager besides i think maybe winston who doesn't really have any history with Grace, I mean, obviously, you know, Roxy and Grace have have a bit mm-hmm. of a history, so I, I don't know exactly how it's all going to come together. What what and also like, why does she want to be president, or you know, or why does she, why does she want to be Christian's boss? What's the angle there? Like you said, th- we we don't really know right now, and that's sure. and that's fun. That's the fun part about it. So I'm I'm excited to see how this develops because we do have like all these pockets of storyline just kind of like being set up right now um, and just kind of laying the table out there. And then where we go in the next few weeks, months, you know, that's going to be interesting. So the question now is when we say the league <laughs> on yeah. this show. Yeah. No, we, we still know what it means. To. We oh, know what okay. it means. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm just checking. Yeah. Because just checking. we'll just say, if it's Grace, we'll just say Grace. Uh, yes. yes. And then we'll yes. say Grace, you know, after that. Naturally, naturally. Yeah. Um, should we talk about Humphrey and Saul? I think we should, Brad. That's why we're here tonight. Let Let's talk about Humphrey and Saul. Uh, John Humphrey, of course, uh, been a big fan of his since his free for all uh, days, where he had a great run. He was the MVP, right? Yeah. Of the twenty, was it sixteen free for all or twenty six seventeen seventeen twenty seventeen? Yeah. yeah, he was the MVP of that and. Uh, impressed everybody, and then of course, you know, in in the teams, he's always been very fun. We saw him last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we see him in the? Did we see him in the IG tournament? We or, sure no, did. Yeah. Okay. Some face Janine and then face um, right uh, Barbarian after that. Right. Right. Because he. And Alba were both in the tournament. Right. Right. Okay. I was just making sure. I was like, were they both in the tournament yeah, or yeah. was just one of them? They were both in the tournament. And um, Humphrey, of course, yeah, like you said, he went on to, to face Barbarian, which was, you know, uh, similar to, as I've said before in this show, the scene in Jurassic Park where they're lowering the goat into the raptor <laughs> chamber. Yeah. Um, so I thought from him at least getting out of that match with Janine – you know, he's probably going to be serviceable. Yeah. Saul, on the other hand, was still a big question mark to me. I mean, we he did good against Brandon Hanna, right? Yeah. Uh, he did good. He didn't win, though. So, and I, and I don't put Brandon Hanna, at least at that time, it might have changed since. But at that time, I didn't put him in the upper echelon of 
intergeekdom players. I put him like as a guy who was knocking on the door, yeah. right? And um, so for him, for Saul to lose to him, I'm like, okay, so Saul's probably in that bottom rung IG player who's going to do okay in round one and then just slowly taper off as the match goes along. So when it came to this match, I kind of just waited out. I said, we know Humphrey probably has a pretty good shot here, but I think that Saul would be a slight favorite. How, how, how did you see it going in? Well, I, I know that... You know, when you look at the history of the Real Rejects as a whole, Greg and John, um, they're they're one of the f the handful of people that I think that really come in here with more raw knowledge as opposed to studying. And like those guys do, I I know they do review and study, and um, you know they put some effort into it. Um, but I mean, they're here to have a have a have a great time, and they certainly demonstrate that time and time again every time they compete. And so I'm not throwing any kind of on a shade. Shade there. Uh, also, last season, Koi was in a bit of a bind when Mark Hanapik was unable to play in Intergeekdom, and so she had a look. He, Koi had a look elsewhere within his faction, and he and he figured out Greg and and John would be um, at least serviceable in the in which they were for the Intergeekdom tournament. They each you know got a win. Uh, Greg got a plan win, and then uh, Humphrey, as you said, got a win over Janine um, in a in a pretty good match. And you know for Saul. I saw a player who had true promise when he played against Brandon Hanna. I mean, he really, you know, challenged Brandon Hanna. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a Brandon Hanna didn't walk all over him. It wasn't one of those types of wins. It was uh, Saul said, like, hey, I'm here. I, I belong and I can hang. And he just came up short that day against Brandon Hanna uh, and chuck it up to whatever you want to. But um, coming into this season, I had heard a lot and seen some things that – that indicated to me that Saul was ready to really make a huge jump from last season's performance into what he wanted to do this year. So much so that, uh, you know, certain point of view, this other after show, you may have heard of it, run by Jake Berlin. And there's a, uh, well, they started a, a fantasy, she went on fantasy, fantasy league. So I got in that. And I, I say Jake that Berlin. because, yeah, Jake Berlin. Yeah, I'm not okay. familiar. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I drafted Saul on my fantasy team, so well, good for you. Yeah, absolutely good for me. Great for you. And uh, anyway, so like I, I did have confidence that Saul would bring another level to his game. To what degree? No one truly knew besides Saul, and maybe even he might may not have been fully aware of what level he could play at until he actually played. And so I was excited to see him play. John, I love watching him play. He's always fun. He's always has, even if he doesn't have the right answer, he has a great answer, if you will, um, uh, yeah. for anything. Yeah. So, you know, and he uh, has a throwback to that because that's not, that he doesn't is. happen too much anymore. You know what he I mean? Is, he, he, him and Greg debuted, uh, I do believe, in that 2016 season in a very mm -hmm. short team season there when they implemented about halfway or a little more than halfway through that season. And so they go way back. Um, and and they're still trucking along here, and oh jeez, for real, for real. Mm -hmm. And did I did I think John had a shot against Saul? I thought yeah, I thought he would put up a better performance than than what we saw from from John in, in this match. But uh, what Saul did didn't entirely surprise me. Uh, I think it was more the more surprising part was the way John ended up playing, and he got a second round here um, in Spider Man, which is an isolated. Uh, more narrow category, and he just whiffed on the four questions that he had 
had you know a chance at, and yeah. that and that stuff. You know, he was checking to multiple choice uh, a couple times, a few times on those, and and Saul was able to pick up points on those steals, which ultimately gave him the knockout victory. Um, just recap that first round though. John had five, Saul had nine, and so right there, I mean, um, John was going to be a bit behind there, and it was look like. It was going to look like it was going to be a tough hole to dig out of. And, boy, did that hole get deep quick <laughs> as we got into the second round because what I thought Saul did brilliantly here was go first. He went first. He's up four points, and he decides to go first, and he ends up tacking on another uh, seven points. So I don't know how a player like John Humphrey would react to that deficit knowing how you played in the in the in the first round. He gets Spider-Man and, you know, him and Koi, you know, they had a little bit of a conversation there. And John's like, yeah, let's go for it. I mean, it's a newer category. It's more narrowed. And, you know, he said he saw all the Spider-Man movies. And while he may have seen them, I, <laughs> it, it just wasn't things that he could remember <laughs> from yeah. those movies in this instance. And it was just – it was rough to watch. Tough to watch because I uh, – because. I was like watching him. John play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan of John Humphrey. I really am. I'm, I'm actually a, a big fan of him. I like him and Greg as a, as yeah. a duo um, on, on on the screen. Those, you know, I'm looking at his accuracy and PPE percentage that you have listed below our screens. Yeah. 40% accuracy, 32% PPE. I mean, that's not going to win you any match ever. I, I, not, I don't yeah. think that would win you a match against my nephew. Oh, I, I'll be honest with you. Right. I'll be honest with you. Why you got to kick a man to... while he's down? Why you got to do that? Well, first of all, my nephew's a genius. And second okay. of all, he is a sixth grader. So, I mean, anything can happen. They, they, they're like sponges. They know everything. Sure. Um, but I, I, I think that uh, Saul, on the other hand, he did good, right? And it, I think that him – let me say this. I think that John Humphrey's performance, or lack thereof mm-hmm. – is making Saul's victory look better than it really is. Do you know what I mean by that? Sure. I mean, I, like, know, what you're, I know what you're saying, but like, I, is, I don't know that Saul, I can fully. In what way? You have to, okay, I'm saying like that. I'm saying yeah. like is Saul. I mean, look, you can look at it. You, you wrote the numbers right there, right? Is yeah. Saul's 84 percent accuracy? That's great, right? That's good. Yeah. Do you know what he came into this match? In his first match, he answered 83% in his first match against Brandon Hanna. Mm-hmm. So now in the second match, he puts up 84%. So it tells me that he hasn't improved at all. But you also have to remember that we have infused new movies into this into this season and new categories. And you know, Saul ended up with a Marvel category, which is a combination of MCU and Marvel from last season. It's all now one Um he spun away from fantasy sci-fi, which is a newer category for inner geekdom, which is a broad category. So it makes sense. Sure, sure, I would have done the same. And yeah, smart play there, and right. uh, gets the Marvel, which is a little bit more narrower, you know. So, and, and I, I mean, I'm not really sure look, what I mean. How you can really? It's look. I think it's great. I'm not to bashing see that him. I'm not it. bashing him. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna say I, I think it's great. We didn't see him. Um, you know, fall from the level that he initially has played at because um, that would have been, I think, a little more telling. But the fact he's at the same level and that he had nine in the first round, same as like Mara and Chandru, you know, uh, okay. so at least he's in that first I, round I, level. I think you're missing my, my, my point is this. Okay, 83% against Brandon Hanna, he lost against Brandon Hanna. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you think Brandon? Ha- I'm asking you, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not guiding your thinking. I'm asking: Is Brandon Hanna a top tier IG player? I think he's still right there on the cusp. Yeah, he's right on the cusp. Okay. Yeah. So if 83% slash 84% isn't enough to beat a player on the cusp of intergeekdom greatness, how in the name of the okay. good Lord above? Will Saul be able to live up to the proclamation by his manager, Kate Mulligan, on Schmodown backstage this week that he will hold the Intergeekdom Championship before the end of the season? I just don't see that as a possibility. I think 84% is good. It's going to win you matches. It's not going to win you championships. So if Saul were to have answered his final round questions, his 2, his 3, and his 5, that would have boosted his accuracy rate to 86%. Okay, okay, but he didn't have the opportunity to do that because he knocked out John Humphrey. So I I, I understand the comparison you're trying That's to make. That's a big if. That's a big if in IG. If he's going to get his two, three, and five. I, I I mean that's a big if. But, but what I'm saying is there is still room there to see more improvement. As and there there's room saying. to see that he actually went down as true. well. True, it's true. So we 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 have to disregard that. That that, that that's a that's a non-starter. You have to go with what he was able so, to answer. Yes. So through two matches, the jury, is it still out on Saul? I think a little bit. Yeah. But the fact that he's con- in back-to-back matches and two different types of intergeekdom match formats of subject matter, he stayed consistent. And I think with the base he's walking into this season with, he can only get better. You know? He can only get better. But my point is, like, when I hear Kate Mulligan saying he's going to be a ch- – I'm like, I know she's his manager – but let's also operate in the realm of reality in which we all inhabit. Unless Saul is a savant moving forward, and I and I and I don't want this to come across as like I'm not pro Saul. I like Saul. I think that he's a serviceable player in IG. I don't see a foreseeable path from now and the Schmodown spectacular for him to beat somebody like Chandru, Mara, Chance, Mike, Brandon. Um, and any of the new IG players we're about to see, I don't know how they are, so I can't really list them. But I, I just, I guess that my point is he is getting so much praise for his performance when his performance was on par with a previous match in which he lost, and now he's being regarded as some championship contender. Well, I think perhaps maybe you're looking at this performance as if we were still playing Intergeekdom of old, and I think now that we have these new infusion of categories and movies this does level i mean look what look, look what how chandrew played i mean he he was nearly perfect in in his previous matches and he come walks into that that championship match and he missed three questions you know missed this you know that Jurassic park question um he missed some others there in, in the graphic missed novels three in a, in a, in a so, five rounder right. right what but look what i'm saying is title match all of that that's fair what i'm saying is i think while we're still in this new era of inner geekdom, I'm not. I'm not. From what I saw from Saul, if he can play like that, he's going to be in every match, and it's going to come down to I being agree. your five. So I agree. He, he's going to be right in the thick of it for sure. I think ultimately. Yeah, I guess I. I we're so quick because this sport is so similar to MMA, and we're so quick that if somebody has this, oh look. Derek Lewis knocked him out in the last 10 seconds. Oh, this is a great performance. He should get a heavyweight title shot. He gets a heavyweight title shot. He gets he gets schooled, 
right? He gets he gets whooped up on yeah. by Daniel Cormier. So I just don't want us to automatically put Saul into this different category for knocking out John Humphrey in a 20 to 6 win. Yeah, it, I, look, I, it looks good on paper, but like how good is Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and I'm I'm certainly not crowning him that he's the next Intercontinental Champion. Do I think he's really Is he going to win know. a title by the end of the season? If you were think, betting main. I think I would put him in a group that could possibly do it. I can't I can't sit here and tell you definitively that yeah, he's going to do it and that we're only 3 games into the inner geekdom season knowing what types of questions and how the players are going to evolve over the course of the season and learn these other movies that have been added because I think that's going to happen with players like Chandru Mara and Saul and Brandon Hanna and and Parker, all these all these players that have been at the top, they're going to put in the work to get even more familiarized with these newer movies. I think Saul's going to be in the thick of it throughout the throughout the year, and we'll see how he does in tournaments and if he gets a shot at. I mean, he's one in one. You know, who he plays next will be a good indicator of what level he really what he really can do. Well, uh, fools, Gil, uh, no relation, says. Saul is good, but it's too soon to say he'll be champ this season. I agree with that. I agree. Now, he comes back and says miracles do happen. We all saw Aces run. We also all saw how Aces run ended. Yeah, but I like I didn't say he's going to win one. I said he's going to be in the thick of it. He'll be in the hunt. I really, I really do you think You can so. see it being a possibility. That's what you said. I, I could. I could see him in a the title match. I could see that being a possibility. I don't so see he, Okay, not. so let me just say, let's just, let's just forecast it here. Yeah. Right now, Saul versus Mara tomorrow, who wins? I'm taking Mara. Okay, Saul versus Chandra tomorrow, who wins? I'm taking Chandra. Saul versus Chance tomorrow, who wins? That's an interesting one. I'm pausing on that one. I don't know. I... You're pausing and then you're selecting. Ooh, that is, that is tough. That's tough. I'm going to go with Chance just because okay. he has more broader knowledge he plays in singles so i think these other movies that have been added are a big benefit to him so i think he actually yeah chances to be a pretty it's gonna be a big monster i think in, i think it's, now that I think i'm it's, thinking about it more and more yeah, yeah i think yeah. it's chance saul versus mike who wins oh come on it's mike saul versus barbarian who wins i mean that, that one's tough too that one's tough that one's but tough. you would pick I just I'm gonna say Saul. Okay, yeah, you're gonna say Saul just so yeah. you don't go clean. Sweep. No, because and, and and like and like here's here's the deal. This is you're you're asking me to compare the Saul that we've seen so this far. week, oh, this in week. Two, th- through two matches compared to and excluding Barbarian and um, compared to other players who've played six, seven, eight, nine matches, where I have okay. much more but- to go off of. But I'm just right. I'm just naming you possibilities of who he could face in a, in on his way to a championship. Right, and I also said That's that I could doing. see Saul evolving as the season goes on and reaching those levels and being the thick of it. And so, but if you're going to ask me, the Saul of yesterday is that going to beat Chandru or Mara of Week One? Probably not. But I think he'll be in those matches, and he's not going to get blown out. He's not going to get TKO'd or KO'd. It's he's going to you know have to you know he's going to be in the thick of it. And that's all really you can ask for at this point. And then as the season goes on and players get more familiar with how these newer categories are working and whatnot, then I think that will start to separate some some of the class of Intergeekdom from the other from the others. 
Yeah, having said all that, I'm very pro soul. <laughs> I know I don't sound like <laughs> yeah, you, you but I, I mean, am, I am pro soul. You I wouldn't like him think a lot. it, but you wouldn't think it by the it. things that yeah. I say. But I am very pro soul. Uh, I just, I guess, when I heard Kate, really this whole line of thinking came from Kate Mulligan when she was like, "He's going to have a championship by the end of the year." And I was just like, "Well, that's just ridiculous." That's just a, it's a ridiculous statement to say, as you said, after one win in this you know new what? interview. Let me take you back to 2009 when a certain Derrick Rose said at press at media day, why can't I be MVP? Why not? And then guess what? He was the MVP that year. 2009-2010 season, he was the MVP. 2009-2010 or 2010-2011? Oh, you would know better. You would know better. I'm pretty sure it's 2009-2010. Yeah. But yeah, he said, why can't it be me? He said, so, why can't it be me? And then guess what? He was. So and, why that's all? And how many championships did Derrick Rose end up winning? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. None. Yeah, so uh, what are we talking about here? I'm just saying. He didn't win anything. I'm just you, – you know my point. So don't try and turn it around into M something M that's MVPs not. were voted by the media. So I guess if we were voting on the IG champion, who would be? <laughs> you would definitely probably have Saul at the top of your team. I probably wouldn't though. No. <laughs> as of to, as of yesterday, no. But oh man, that's funny. All right, all right. You you had enough. I get okay. it. You lost this argument, Brad. So that's okay. Um, no, I didn't. Jamar Jones <laughs> says Kate saying Saul is going to win the title is like every NBA player every year claiming they're. Uh, T H E I uh, R. That they uh, are. They competing. are. They are. They're T T. They are competing for a championship. Uh, they have to say that. They have to say that. I don't have my glasses. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't, don't you? Um. No, they don't have to say that. That's that's silliness. Some some NBA teams know they're not in 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 championship contention, and they don't say it. Like I never and, but heard. They also don't get asked that question. They also don't get asked that question. And they. And uh, then, I don't and, think. I don't think Kate was asked. Is Saul going to be a? No, champion? but that's just to the degree of, of her confidence that she's putting it out there. Her confidence in Saul, which, which, if you believe in your player like that, then yeah, you say. Then you. Then you're going to say that stuff. So I mean, yeah. So I kind of agree, half agree with Jamar Jones there, but they have to say that. Not necessarily, but why put I think, that un, un, unneeded pressure on somebody? Because now, if he doesn't win but, a championship, it's a bust. I don't even think that like that pressure really. If if Saul's feeling pressure, he hides it very well. If you ask me. Anyway, congratulations to Saul on a solid victory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A solid. Victory. I can't believe you hate Saul so much. I, I don't. I, you just. It's just, it's bad because you know when I disagree with something, I I have to say it. However, it doesn't mean I don't like the like. I don't like that Blake Griffin has joined the Nets. I don't like that. I like Blake Griffin as a player. I want to see him get a championship, right? I think that they were so close with those Clippers teams. Yeah. They but were. at the same time, I don't like that, that it's all this silliness in the NBA. I say that to say congratulations, Paul. <laughs> um, Robert Parker wants to know, are y'all shooting from Parlington Square tonight? Every What's Thursday. Up, every, every Thursday, Robert Parker, you're in the Parlington Square studios. Um, oh, look at that. Didn't wow, you? that's going to happen. Yes, we have to. Let me hit the uh, air, horn, air horns all around for that. Next week, um, on the top of this graphic, you will see live from Parlington Square. Please do that. I'm going to yeah, do that. Uh, 
Don DeMarco says, damn, Gilmore, wear your glasses, buddy. You know, man, know. they're in my jacket pocket. Looks like you'd never written a old. book before. Yeah. I'm feeling old. I've never written a book. Oh, yes, I have. I said, by the way, read a book. Can I, can I tease something? I don't know. That's up to you. And your exciting news regarding Back from the Future, a celebration uh -oh. of the greatest time travel story ever told to be announced soon. That's it? Yes. Also, no, next no. week on the Schmodown Rundown, we are going to announce the two, the very first two matches in the first class league will be announced on this show exclusively wow. next week. You will hear the first four competitors, our first main event, and our first uh, opening match uh, for our debut, which has been announced as, do you know, March 30th. That's correct. Just wanted to know if you knew that. Uh, I'm well aware. Trust me. <laughs> the date is what it's all I wake up and think about and go to sleep thinking about. It's um, the so 30th, excited you said? Show. It's the 30th. Are you sure? It's a Tuesday. Okay. Don't mess with I just, me. I just, I just looked at my calendar. I'm just trying to make sure. Now you're looking at your calendar, aren't you? Because you're not sure. I, I did, but you <laughs> caught me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, that's right. It's the 30th. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then last thing before we move on to the next match um, that I wanted to talk about, um, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, at CJ, uh, CJ Higgins at BloodOcean07 on Twitter. Who says at Brad Gilmore at Frankie J twenty nine the new pepperoni uh, rolls at my job have have a name they're now called the Rony rolls. Give us some Rony, brother. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's incredible! Wow, how did how the hell did that happen? <laughs> we have renamed something on a menu in in uh, the Rony rolls no. from. I don't know. I hope it I seem. hope it's actually pronounced Rony instead of Ronnie, but because that oh, could be a thing. Oh, it has to be Rony. It has to be Rony, right? It has to be Rony. Is there, is yeah, there one end or two ends in that? Is there one There's end one or two end. ends? Oh, that's gotta be, then it's definitely Rony. It's Rony. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. Man, that is great. Isn't that funny? Okay, let's move on to our next match. Let's move on to the next match. That match is, as we switch the... Uh, uh, graphic there, Brother Loomis, who's gonna rid? He's gonna rid the world of Canadianism. That's just what I remember from his. Uh, wow. From his. Uh, his. Even uh, what it was an ism, but you know. His uh, aud what is it? His uh, audition. Yeah. Audition. I remember that from his audition. He was talking about Brendan Meyer, which we're gonna talk about in a second. I'm gonna rid the showdown of Canadianism. Right. Bad Brother Loomis impression. Yeah. Um, Brother Loomis versus Frankie Alvarez. Heard a lot about Brother Lomas in the offseason, in the draft, and um, I was excited to see him debut. Frankie Alvarez, we've uh, you know familiar with in certain circles. What did you think going into this? Who did you have as a favorite? Who did you have as a like? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these people. I mean, I don't they know both. like what they know. Like, I don't know who's good and who's not good. All I know is that Frankie Alvarez is on my fantasy team. So, damn it, I was rooting <laughs> for Frankie Alvarez. Are you and, gonna just be show favoritism to people on your fantasy team from here on out? Is that what's gonna happen? You know, sure, why not? Why not? I mean, when it comes to the rookies, at least. I mean, I, I've because we have, really have nothing to base their play off of. Like Brother Lomas, I don't like. 
what has he done like trivia wise that I could go watch? I don't know. I wasn't barbarian creating a dossier. Is that it? Is that was that the interview? Yeah, yeah that was it. I was that was okay. it. That was okay. it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect, but just given, <laughs> given what I saw about uh, Brother Lomas, I was pretty sure that Frankie Alvarez was gonna win this match. You know, that's just what I thought. It's well, just what I thought. I mean, a li- I think I thought that a little bit too, if only because we know that when players play with their characters still intact during the match, that can be kind of a chore, and they don't always pull it off. There's not a lot of people that can pull that off perfectly. So, Gray Drake comes to mind. Sure. Yeah. Gray Drake. I mean, you know, Tom, obviously. Um, but then you, you go back to the infamous <laughs> Modoc Patriots match with Matt Atchity and the whole bull, bull, No, that's what stuff, I'm talking you know? about. That's what I'm oh, talking no, about. Oh, no, I thought like, you were talking about could... Gray Drake as Stacey Howard. Oh, um, no, 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 no. I was talking about that, you know, early, when they were coming out in all the costumes and trying to stay in character, Boris and Natasha or yeah, Doc and yeah, Marty yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or Wayne's World or whatever it was. In. Um, sometimes they get they got lost in the sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and so for that, I was, I was curious to see if, yeah, Brother Lums can keep up the act. It's not a – I don't think it's a terribly, like, um, impeding type of act that would prohibit you as a player, you know, to, to make that – work so but still you, you just never know with some with a, a personality as great as that do they have the chops to back it up and that's the real struggle i think that has been for the Shmoda is to find those those people that can do both bring the heat on the mic and deliver the trivia prowess those people do not grow on trees because if they did Shmoda would have them all and this thing would be insanity so when are we going to uh there was something that you brought up to me. Was it in confidence? No. Okay. Okay. We're cool. No. Yeah. No. Okay. No. And and that should have cleared up by now. But um. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> um. Before we went on here, I mean, it's the name of the episode. Was there something that you wanted to say? Oh well, I mean, yeah. As we get further, I mean, I feel like I feel like we should address that. address it right off the top. The I, think the, I, I am that's robot. What, the what, I, robot. I saw I saw a comment here that someone said earlier. They said I am I am the I am Schmobot. I am Schmobot. You know I am funny. Groot. Um, I am Steve Rogers. You know I am Robot now. I this one. You know, look, things are going so to set happen. It, set it up for people who don't know. Yeah. Set it up. So if, I mean, if you watch the match against Brother Lomas and Frankie Alvarez, you'll know that in in uh, Frankie Alvarez's. Final round for his two pointers category. Will Smith basically got asked to name the movie I Robot based on I forget what the exact question was, um, but he says I am Robot, and I'm thinking, oh no, he's so close, he almost had it, and then Christian's South like, correct with me, yeah, South and then with you, <laughs> this, right. that's different, but. Well, it is, I mean, but it's sort like, of, it's sort so of not. close. Yeah, so yeah. close. Yeah. But you know, I was thinking, oh man, he's so close. He was gonna get it, and then dang it, and then Christian's like, "Yup, he's right." And I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "Okay, well, certainly uh, a challenge is on the way." And then um, a challenge never came either from Brother Lomas or from Dagnino. So I, I was like, "We're we're actually gonna ask the next question." There's no challenge, and I'm looking at the live chat during the premiere and I'm like everyone's like I am like what's going on 
and I was I was like, how does how how did we get here? How did how does that run? I don't know how many people are there for the recording of these matches, and, and that and I don't know the exact procedure in terms of if someone's not on the faction or if it's another producer or whatever and they're like well that isn't right you know i don't know what the chain of uh command or addressing you know like hey for the integrity of the game that's actually not right it's just i robot and um man it's just like we have this one superman the motion picture uh-huh. these are like two things that just didn't get challenged and look this isn't this isn't uh, a thing to lambast the writers, um, no, because this isn't on them. This is not on them. This is this is this is on the rule book. And there's a this there's is something on the management. said for that I think as well in terms of, you know, we were trying to stop the petty challenges, and so I don't know if managers are a little gun shy. On I think so. Issuing challenges, yeah. I mean, it certainly seems like after these two instances, and, but and I think I think also. This is pe- the managers might be saying, "Oh, okay. Well, there is that benefit of the doubt rule. Um, hmm, so, well, do I waste this challenge? Should I do it? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's. I don't know how in the world someone could have lost this challenge. I really, even with the benefit of the doubt rule, I was like, I don't know how you can actually apply a benefit of the doubt rule to a title of a movie. I mean, that's pretty yeah. set in stone. It's not like." Sure. Is it a is it a diamond or a ruby? Like, there's your benefit of the doubt. I think that's your type of scenario. This is I robot. Like, this is I don't I, know comma it, robot. So I I was just really kind of confused how it would make it. Ellis didn't say anything. Christian didn't say anything. Brother Lomas didn't say anything. Dagnito didn't say anything. And those are really the four people that you know. That we would that we know of that would have the ability to say something because right. it's just you know I don't know I don't know and it's it is it's funny it's funny to me that this happened um, I'm not certainly like this league sucks they suck at their jobs no I'm not saying that I'm just like I am ro- like I <laughs> I'm probably gonna call the movie I am robot from now on. I'm just not going to call oh, it oh, robot. It's 100% what's going to happen. Know, it's, it's in my lexicon now. So, so you know what this reminded me of? Um, in, in the sense of like, wait, really? Like, wait, what? Yeah. Was, do you remember, it was the Saints and the, oh, it was the Rams, I think. Or the Chargers, the Rams? I think it was the Rams. Who played, who played Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? It was the Rams, right? L.A. Rams. Who played Tom Brady in the Super Bowl this this year? No, 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 not this time. The L.A. team was it the Rams or the Chargers? Oh, the Rams. Um, yeah, Jared right? Goff yeah. was with the Rams, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you remember how the the the, the Saints and the Rams they played in the championship game, oh, and okay. there was the pass interference that wasn't yeah. called, but it was like an obvious pass oh. interference, and I just oh, remember no. sitting on my couch and being like, "Wait, hey, wait, wait, what?" Yeah. I, I, not, not to the same degree, obviously mm-hmm. here, but it still was like, well, now, now, what, no, no, y'all heard, y'all heard that, right? Like, what, time out, time out, time out. Somebody stop this. Uh, and then the, and the Superman, the motion picture, 
I mean. Yeah. I mean, well, real quick, when you bring up that that instance of, you know, the Saints and Rams, um, I also think back, I'm thinking back to perhaps during the taping of this match, maybe, you know, they had passed a moment where you could challenge it. Maybe someone did try to challenge it. I don't know that they did or didn't. Um, But the fact that it was past the time, maybe they decided just to, you know, edit that out of the match. I don't know. There could be many different reasons, and I'd be curious um, what an explanation was. I certainly, I don't, I'm not demanding one. I would just be curious for one um, to see what happened there. Um, it's It doesn't change my, you know, my view on what happened or didn't happen. I'm just one of those kind of like, because here's the thing. It was a two-pointer and ultimately didn't matter in the match. But sure, what are we going to do? How is the league going to react when we get to a spot where it actually does matter? Yeah. And we're lucky that, and fortunate that Superman, the motion picture, I Am Robot, these things ultimately didn't matter in the long run. It right. didn't decide the match per right. se. You could you right. could argue differences in momentum and whatnot, sure. But mathematically, it ultimately didn't impact the match. Great. That's great. But what are we going to do when it actually does? Right. And so it's like you would hope that we can shore it up. And, you know, I – and, and – this stems to some, another video Christian put out over the past weekend about, you know, there's still a small crew. It, you don't have a lot, a ton of people working on this stuff, and I get that. Um, but sometimes when the stuff that is just, like, right in front of your face, like Superman, the motion picture, or, or I, uh, I Robot, you know, those things, you know, you kind of scratch your head a little bit and go, man, I, you know, we should – I don't know. It's interesting. It's funny. But one day it's not going to be funny, and it might cost someone a match or a title. I don't know. One day it's going to be very crappy. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's inevitable. It just always like happens. We're humans. Yeah, yeah, we're we're humans. It's going going to happen. We're just trying to minimize that as much as we can. But you know, when it's just a three round match, you, you hope that you know, you know, <laughs> you know. You know how they sometimes have like the the. the on the broadcast of like an NBA game or a, or a football game, anything like that, they have the guy who's like in some random studio, not anywhere close in like New York, and they're like, "We're gonna go to uh, Donnie Tunanoli, uh, retired uh, NBA coach for 35 years, and get his opinion on the challenge that we just saw on the on the court." And they go to him, and he's just standing there in a studio with computer screens behind him, and he gives you his insight. I think the referee should do this. No, actually, da, 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 here's what the rule says in Section Five, uh, Paragraph yeah. Three of the 2014 Revised King James International Version of the rule book, such and such and such and such. Right? They need somebody. That w- can we have a guy? Who they go to, and this is just like a production thing that I was thinking of. It is during yeah. the cha- during the challenge. Like, if there is a challenge, can we go to a guy instead of a screen? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. we're gonna go over to Frank Janish right now, sitting uh, waiting in the studio to answer what he thinks is going to happen in this challenge. What are the judges gonna do here, Frank? Well, I mean, I think that certainly, I certainly think that works for a live match. I don't think you need to do that for edited matches, but. That would be no, fun. No, all matches. You think so? I mean, look, Brad. I, look, I love the showdown, but I'm not trying to watch an hour and a half of a match. Like, come on. Come oh, on, man. To, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I got stuff to do. Yeah, I love oh, showdown, and I, I can give have... you, I can give you guys an hour easily. I but... need to have that that sound drop 
for Biden where he goes, come on, man. That's, that's it. That'd be a great one. That'd be great. Oh, be Mamacita. Great. That's a fantastic one. <laughs> Listen to the inflection of the voice. Oh, Mamacita. <laughs> he was on a roll. He was on a roll. He was on a roll. Oh, Mamacita. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to the great Chris Clark. Um, okay. Brother Lomas uh, takes the L in his day in his debut. A lot of hype behind him. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. 73% no. accuracy, 54% PPE, according to your um, statistics there. Not yeah. stellar. Frank? You know, Brother Lomas had seven, seven points in the first round to Frank Alvarez. It's five. Like, seven points, that's solid, solid stuff there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Second round, he put up seven points. Frankie Alvarez put up six. You know, uh, J- Jimmy Stewart category there for Frankie Alvarez, and he really gutted it out there for the six points, went to multiple choice a couple times there. Brother Lomas got Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. Did a great job with, with that category. But it was the final round that really did Brother Lomas in. I mean, not not knowing Robert Zemeckis for Castaway, that one was pretty tough to watch. Um, yeah. And, and you you know, you're trying to figure out w- what knowledge base do these incoming rookies have. Um, you look at a question like that, is it the pressure? Is it first-time jitters? Is it rookie stuff? Just couldn't pull it. You blanked and you throw out something out there. I don't know. You know, hopefully we'll see in another match with Brother Lomas because he put up a solid first two rounds, 14 points in, in those first two rounds, a really solid showing. I also think Frank Alvarez... Rebounded really well in that second round to put up six points after coming off a five-point first round. Not the greatest. Uh, you definitely want to be around that six, seven range if not getting perfect rounds. Five is like at the very least you want to be at these days to be competitive. And he was lucky enough that he was able to hit his his two-pointer, which could have easily been ruled incorrect because he misses his three. And then he hits his five, the Callahan Auto Parts, um, which can be, I think, a pretty tough question if you've never seen that movie. If you've never sure. seen that movie, there's almost no way there's, you're no, there going is to no know way. that answer unless you're unless you know you're 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 a little bit older and maybe you remember a trailer or a commercial or what sure. ha- or what have you. There's almost no way you're gonna know that without seeing the movie. And while it is a fairly famous, one of the more well-known comedic movies, especially of Chris Farley's uh, filmography, um, you know most I think most should know that. But it's again, you would have to have seen the movie. So yeah. Um, and Brother think, Lomas, think, you know, mm-hmm. he, he got some he got some tough ones, but ultimately knowable. I mean, Orson Welles, I mean, you know, when that's an answer, it's like, you know, you're, you're going to have to be expected to know stuff like that at this at this level. Yeah, I mean, you, you cited several great examples there. I mean, especially with directors, big-name directors, uh, Zemeckis, uh, and, and the, the thing you just brought about Orson Welles, obviously you hit the nail on the head there. It, but this is also, uh, when it's your first match, you're allowed a little sure. bit to have growing pains. You know what I mean? A little bit to have growing pains. Not everyone's going to come in and be Adam Collins. I think Adam Collins is, Adam Collins is not the litmus test. You know what I mean? Adam Collins is like, Adam Collins is a savant. Uh, he's, Not yet, at least he hasn't proven to be, you know, the litmus test. There's just some more years down the road before you become the litmus. But 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 test, no. But know? what I mean, what what I mean by the litmus test is a rookie coming into the league. Like we shouldn't sure. compare okay. all rookies in their debut matches to Adam Collins. That's my point, yeah. right? Like you can't say, oh, this guy's got to be the next Adam Collins. You know, he's a rookie. You know, you just can't do that at this point. Such a large influx of players. I just wonder. 
if Tom Dagnino, um, if he still is loving his idea of going with all, like majority first timers. Do you know what I mean? I think based on this match, he's got to feel pretty good at what at where Brother Lomas is, to be honest. And I think with a little more work, they're going to have some, you know, pretty. I think they'll be pretty confident in in Brother Lomas's next match, whenever that is. Okay. Because I'm certainly encouraged by it. Speaking of Dagnino, there was some. Uh, oh yes, yes. There's a bit of fun with him, Frank Janish. Why don't you tell the folks about it? Well, um, you know, Dagnino. He got some things off his chest with Brother Lomas. He did. He did. <laughs> and look, I think this is part of the fun of the character that Brother Lomas provides, especially to the dynamic that the Finstock Exchange is going to have, whether you're talking about Dagnino, JTE, John Roca, I think. And, Wait, and hold we'll on. See... Hold on, guys. This this is crazy. This is crazy right now. Okay. We have we have a phone call coming in. We have a oh, phone right. call. We have a phone call is it the coming league? in. Right now, it's not the league. We have a phone <laughs> call coming in. This is live on the Schmodown Rundown. This is Brad Gilmore and Frank Janish joined by the executive producer of the First Class League, Mr. Paul Denuzio, PLD. PLD, are you there? I am. What's going on, guys? Hey, th look, PLD was calling me for something completely different, but um, it's fun for you to be here on the show with us. Paul, we were just talking about uh, Brother Lomas and his potential moving forward. What do you think? Oh, man. For a horse, bro, that's a character in a half right there. That guy has what it takes to, to be a star in this league. He's got, uh, he's got some potential. He's got some knowledge. A little bit of holes here and there, potentially. But uh, I think this guy could be uh, the next big thing, potentially, if he keeps going. You think he could be the next big thing? Okay. And then, PLD, I'm going to call you back um, here in a moment. Yeah. But before I do... What are the odds of Saul being the inner geekdom <laughs> champion by the end of the year? The odds that Saul could be inner geekdom champion, man, I'm going to go 45%. 45%. That's hey. actually not bad for Saul. So you have confidence in Saul. I have a lot of confidence in Saul. I think he's going to get better as he goes along. I know he's been studying his ass off. I don't know if he's quite got the, the mask quite yet to go all the way, but by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, Denuzio, I'm going to call you back here momentarily, all right? All right, bro. All right, take care. Bye-bye. That's what I'm saying, Brad. That's what I'm saying, and Paul what knows what's know? up. What does he know? <laughs> Paul knows what's up. He's an idiot. It comes from upbringing. Yeah, um, okay, so, Frank, next week, big match. Big, big match. Big, big match. Or not next week, well, tomorrow. That, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, yeah. We're used to this. <laughs> yeah, Friday, Friday really is a new week for me. Um Brendan Meyer, the kid, the original fine young tenderoni. Give us some roni, brother. Oh, yeah. He's going to be eating a, and having a belly full of roni rolls. And <laughs> he's, he's, he's going up against... A belly full of roni rolls. He's got a... <laughs> Ma! The roni rolls! Where is it? Now! <laughs> roni rolls. I'd rather be pimps from Oakland <laughs> or cowboys from Arizona. This cowboys isn't Halloween. Yeah, yeah. This Bro, isn't Count Halloween. Chocula. Count Chocula, Peter Pan. Grow up. Anyway, oh, man. Uh, versus Chance Ellison. Yeah. How do we feel? Cobra. How do we feel about this? This is this is this tough. is a really this is a marquee match. It really is. I remember when when we were on we were on a three way phone call with. 
Christian Harloff when he was telling us the schedule. Yeah. And I remember when he said this match, we both went, ooh. Brutal. Okay. Brendan Meyer, five and four versus Chance Ellison, three and four. Don't let those records fool you or be deceptive. This is going to be an all-out battle between two of the elite players in the movie Trivia Schmodown. Frank Danish, what do we suspect to happen? I think this will ultimately come down to who checks to multiple choice more in the second round. And you look at the the numbers here, Brendan Meyer with 82% accuracy, the chance is 84, but where Brendan does have the advantage comes to his PPE numbers here, 78 to chances 72, which which means that Brendan, I mean, just on a broad level, that means that Brendan doesn't really check a whole lot to multiple choice, and he usually ends up hitting the big points in the final round. Same can be said for chance, but a little less, uh, a little, a little less consistent in his in in, in regards to his play. Um, I can actually look up how how often these guys go to multiple choice. If I can just stall for just a, a minute. Well, here. Um, I just want to during the match. Can we get on Twitter? Not in the comments of the YouTube video because I don't want to bombard those. But I want in on Twitter. Can we try to get hashtag belly full of Roni rolls oh, trending? Can we do that? Hashtag belly full of Roni rolls. I just want I just want I want everyone watching this video right now just to tweet that to Brendan Meyer. Tweet that to Brendan Meyer right now. Hashtag belly full of Roni oh, rolls. Roni I just rolls, and man. then he's gonna be like, what? what in the world is I thought I was over with this stuff. I thought we just <laughs> Alright, so so in terms of multiple choice usage, Brendan Meyer actually goes to multiple choice. Well, he has gone to multiple choice on 44% of his round two questions, and he has an accuracy rate of about 63%. With Chance Ellison, he has gone to multiple choice on nearly 29% of his second round questions, and he answers with about an accuracy rate of 63%. So Chance, while he does check to multiple choice a little less, I think what, what this is kind of telling, which is this can say that he leaves the door open a little bit longer for players to scoop up two-point steals on him. So he takes a little, maybe he might take a little more risk, but we'll see if Brendan, if he gets that chance, can he capitalize? Yeah, no, I, well, we know Brendan Meyer can capitalize. I also want to apologize real quick to Fools Gill. I tried to highlight your comment, and I accidentally put you in timeout. Oh, <laughs> no. Is, I'm so sorry. No. I did not mean to do that. I did not mean to what do that. What did he say? No, he, he was talking about, uh, uh, he was telling me to stop with the Roni Rolls thing, and I hit the, the you know, the three little dots? Yeah. I accidentally hit those, and I tried to click out of that. To hit show comment, and then it the next option is put user in timeout. So I yeah, actually put him in timeout. You certainly did. I'm sorry. Collateral uh, damage. Sorry, man. It's, and he's blocked for five minutes. That's, <laughs> he's blocked for the whole like, show now. Like the rest forever. of the show. That's, That's the it. show. That's the show. <laughs> Show's over, pal. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Brendan. Mar- I'm. I'm gonna go with Brendan Meyer. There, there's a lot riding on this match, I think, for chance because for there him, is. if he dropped a three and five, that does mm. not look good. Brendan Meyer at five and five, you're like, all right, he's a 500 player, he's still really good. But chance, if he drops to three and five, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be rough for a guy who historically has some of the best numbers um, that we've seen. So. It's it's uh it's gonna be an interesting matchup, guys. I'm excited to talk about it next week 
But Frankie Boy Janish, Yo. we've been rocking and rolling for about 70 minutes right now. Is there anything that you would like to add before we come back next week and the clocks have sprung forward an hour? Is that that? Is that? Wow, is that coming up? That's coming I up? think it's this weekend. Wow. Okay. I think it's this Sunday. This Sunday, I think the clocks spring forward and I get I my first right. dose of the COVID vaccine. Nice. Good for you. I'm still trying to figure out how to get one for myself. But I think that um, I think that I, I'm should I rec- I shouldn't record it, right? No one cares. Should I post it? Do whatever you want to do. Should I post it? I don't know if I should post it. Yeah, anyway, continue. Um, no, I think I think that's gonna wrap us up, Brad. I think I'm good that's to go it? there. Yeah. Show's over, pal. Yeah. All right. Well, you can follow him at FrankieJ29. Oh, on well, I could have said that. Social media. Well, I just did it for you. Well, you can follow I mean, me on you all. Wanna... All right. Whatever. Come on. Just just stop. Why it. You... Can't you see I'm wrapping it up here? Yeah. No. Can't you see it? Uh, check out my uh, Back to the Future podcast season seven finale with Christopher Lloyd, the doc. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. Until then, he is Frank Janish, and I am Boat. We'll see you next week here on the Schmodown.